Hi, and welcome to Phoned In, Bomb Magazine's Poetry Reading by Phone podcast. In this episode, we'll have a reading by Mark Leidner. Mark Leidner is the author of four chapbooks, The Night of a Thousand Murders, The Empire, Willie, and Romantic Comedies. His poems have appeared in Action Yes, Invisible Ear, The Iowa Review, Not Nostrums, Sir, Sixth Finch, Skeen and Thermos. He lives and tweets in Western Massachusetts. Hi, is this Mark? Yes. Uh, This is Luke from Bomb Magazine. Hi, Luke. Hi. How are you? I'm pretty good. This first poem is called Charismatic Ambulance Driver. It's World War II. I'm a charismatic ambulance driver. You make me French toast, and when you set the plate down, you kiss my neck, and I just stare and stare at you. We're tilling a field in Poland when the clouds break open, and we throw down the reins of our plows and make love in the wind and the mud while the mules mute look on. You're about to take a spacewalk, and I stop you in the airlock by calling out your name. And as you spin around to face me, your hair splays out in the absence of gravity. Not without this, I say, handing you your helmet. It's Texas, and somehow you've tricked me into attending a bake sale. We're out in the desert, resting in the shade a small cliff is creating, and you gently pat my stomach and ask me if I'm gay. We're driving through Atlanta, and it's the end of the world, and you point out the window, and I follow the pale curl of your arm and the line extending from your finger to the moon. And the moon is full and on fire. You're panicking because you can't remember the meaning of nonchalant. But I'm massaging your neck, whispering, just what you are. You catch the flu, but you refuse to blow your nose because you're scared of looking sick. I finally get you to blow it by offering you $5. And when you do, the most beautiful music comes out. I call you sport, and you get a funny look in your eye and say, don't call me that. You split our bread into two parts, the crust and the center, and you give me the crust. I finally say, I'm leaving you. All you ever gave me was a wretched crust. And you look up at me, tears brimming in your eyes, and say, but the crust was always my favorite part. We're trying to purchase a car, and you are heavy with child. And we're test driving a small coupe. And I take a corner too fast and your water breaks. And you tap me on the shoulder and say, my water just broke. And I say, is it okay to drive this car to the hospital? It's not ours yet, you know. We end up getting a different coupe. You ruined that one. This poem is called uh, The Night of a Thousand Murders.
the night of a thousand murders began no differently than any other night in the village. The villagers put their children to bed, then watched television for an hour or two, then went to bed themselves. Then, in the middle of the night, there were a thousand murders. This poem uh, is called Gossip. These are just these random thoughts, incoherently arranged, or rather arranged in chronological order of when I thought of them while watching a movie. The Age of Innocence is a Scorsese picture with a relatively mundane refrain like gossip. I don't even know you very well. You're already my memory. You are the Capitol building somehow. You are the air above the cold Capitol steps. You're strong as gossip. You remind me of that time I was a painter in Paris the day before the Great Depression. I'm sorry, I want to say your tits in this poem. Your public hello lilts like the sound of someone squeezing a rubber songbird. It makes me wince and feel sick and thin. But your look is thick like water. And you pour it out across the room to me every time we part as I am leaving. And I feel strong again, like gossip. In public, your eyes shine and your face seems smaller and smaller. But when we're together, it fills out and darkens like a lamp. And your eyes are fruits. I like looking at famous art. I cannot imagine having a closet full of worthless junk and not spending an eternity throwing it at you as you fail to dodge it and fall over laughing, like gossip. Yesterday I wept because I forgot to get us tickets to the opera, because what tickets? What opera? Poem is Paon to Victorian Mores. One day I'll write a beautiful poem that will go, I am a pale, beautiful woman, transmuting slowly, into a tarantula on the surface of a still white lake as a dark, fibrous smile spreads across my lips like gossip. Gossip is the sound air makes as it escapes a room as that room's only door closes or opens or is completely still. It is the thinnest and thickest thing in the room. It's the only exhibit in the museum, really, if anyone was honest. But honesty is a gold-colored farce at best. Gossip moves around and through its branches like fall air or spring soil, still all around its roots. This tree is in that museum, and so are you, a leopard climbing in it. The museum, if it weren't a museum, would be a zoo and I would be a zebra. But the zoo is not a zoo because it is a museum where I'm just a recovering junkie, barely awake, working the night shift, waving a flashlight's beam haphazardly across your shape in the branches, illuminating the spots of your coat and the fangs and eyes of your face like gossip. Listen, I don't even know you. I don't even like you. Oh, the annoying lilt of your public, hello. Just smile at me like that, though.
Listen, how close does every poem come to containing cows without... This poem could have contained them. We want to pretend things couldn't have been any other way when they could have easily been any other way. And we know it. Fireflies, feces, snow. Poems are worthless. The world is too rich. How about a gangbang? How about sharks, armbands, dice, shovels leaning up against trellises, through the ivy on the earth, trying to climb them, crawl mice, four of them gray in a line, eyes downward, or staring straight ahead, no one can tell from this angle, like gossip. Except your poems, they're perfect and precise, because I love you though, for no better reason. Of talent, forgive me. Grand finale is going to be a final grand simile. Talent is to honesty what love is to gossip. If we are poetry. Or is it talent is to honesty and poetry? What gossip in poetry is to love and life? I don't even care. Okay, really, this is going to be over soon. I want a million dollars and you, but I would take either. But I would rather have you. And if gossip moves through love like money through time, I basically do. I'm leaving, but like the leopard on the branch and a daunting number of other things, you're looking at me again. So the poem will continue, like gossip. seem so confident when I'm as insecure as I am, which is really insecure the more I think about it. Yet this statement is insecure if I am. I'm so sick of having the same thought. I also have silent, invisible quotation marks floating above every word I say, like wings that won't work. I also have massive black invisible slashes striking through every letter I use. They're so big, if you could see them, they'd completely cover each letter, so you wouldn't be able to read anything. I also don't believe in generosity. Or rather, I believe it exists only as blinded self-servingness, so that the most generous persons are just the best at blinding themselves to all the subtle ways they serve themselves. It's my indictment of art. Also, there are these little silent, invisible, feathery flourishes on the ends of all my sentences. Plus 999,999 tiny silent chimes. 
I'll read today is called uh, The River. The woman told me the saddest thing I'd ever heard. I told her I loved her because of what she had told me. Her expression soured. She warned me not to love her for her telling me that. She told me it was okay and maybe even good to love her, only not for that. I responded that I did not love her for that exactly and that she had misunderstood me. I admitted that why I loved her was related to what she had told me, yes, but only tangentially. And was that all right? She asked me to elaborate. So I told her that I loved her, not for the things she told me, but for the courage involved in telling someone something like it, something that sad, which seemed to me to be a great deal of courage. And I told her I also loved her, though far less than for the courage part, although plenty still, for the way in which she told it to me, which I explained had been, in all seriousness, eloquent and mesmerizing. She had a small build, and at that point she laughed like a flower, wilting and blooming. Her nose was in the center. I decided to show her the river. I picked her up in my hands and carried her, crisscrossing back and down to the steep and elaborate crackwork of the slope of the river bank. When my feet were finally in the water, I looked at her and said, The river is deep and fast, and it drowns many people. But I still love it. I still love the river, I told her. But I do not love it because it is deep and fast and drowns many people. I love it because it runs behind my house and I've lived above it forever. You just heard Mark Leidner read for Phoned In, Bomb Magazine's poetry reading by phone podcast. This was episode nine of Phoned In. To read a transcription of the conversation Mark and I had after the reading, to hear previous episodes, or to tune in for upcoming episodes, visit phonedinpoetry.wordpress.com. The music was from the band World's Greatest Dad. For other podcasts, streaming video, web-exclusive interviews, and more, check out bombsite.com. Poetry. 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 Poetry.